Support for IPR comes from Orchestra Iowa, presenting the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial on the big screen, accompanied by the symphony orchestra performing the score live, May 3rd and 4th at 7.30 at the Paramount. Tickets at orchestraiowa.com. Today is Tuesday. It is the 25th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. The Cedar Rapids School Board pushed its meeting where members were to choose an interim superintendent to tomorrow. The decision to table yesterday's school board meeting was for the district to mourn former superintendent Noreen Bush, who died from cancer at 51 years old on Sunday. The Cedar Rapids Gazette reports the school board planned to meet to appoint an interim superintendent this week prior to the news of Bush's death. She went on medical leave in September, and they accepted her resignation last month, and that was set to be effective in June. The school board will meet tomorrow evening. They selected an Illinois-based consulting firm to lead the search in identifying the next superintendent as early as January. Iowa continues to see increasing rates of alcohol and drug-related deaths. That's according to the most recent update from the Governor's Office of Drug Control Policy. Dale Woolery is the director of that state agency. He says the vast majority of Iowans who die of alcohol-related causes are 45 and older. This includes everything from car crashes to poisonings. However, Woolery says deaths from drug overdoses are more evenly distributed across all age groups with rates for young Iowans increasing rapidly. In fact, young Iowan drug overdose deaths involving those under age 25 were up 120% over the last two years uh, during the pandemic from 2019 to 2021. The agency will submit its annual report on Iowa's recommended drug control strategy for 2023 to Governor Kim Reynolds and state lawmakers within the next month. The latest United States Department of Agriculture crop report shows one part of the state is much closer to finishing up the harvest than others. The northeast and south-central regions of Iowa both are under 40 percent when it comes to the corn harvest, while 82 percent of the corn is already sitting in bins in northwest Iowa. The overall corn harvest is 59 percent complete, which is one day ahead of last year and eight days ahead of the five-year average. The USDA report also says the soybean harvest here reached 88% complete, which is 11 days ahead of the average. A field fire broke out near the small town of Mondaman in southwest Iowa on Sunday. IPR's Kendall Crawford tells us local officials are warning farmers to be careful while harvesting amid dry and windy conditions. The afternoon fires spread quickly as up to 50 mile per hour wind gusts carried flames across 3,000 acres. Luckily, no structural damage was done, but officials estimate nearly $500,000 in crop damages. Cody Wollers of the Lus Hills Land Stewardship is asking farmers to till the perimeter of their fields. He says it can help local volunteer departments by limiting a fire's spread. So whatever we can do to help them keeps them safer, as well as protects private property of other citizens within our community, it's, it just really is a team effort. Local farmers played a major role in suppressing the outbreak. They responded alongside 12 other community fire departments. And after fielding 15 complaints against a Sioux City nursing home, state inspectors have proposed a $30,000 fine against the facility's owners. 
The Iowa Capitol Dispatch reports in late August inspectors working for the Iowa Department of Inspections and Appeals went to the Westwood Specialty Care Nursing Home in Sioux City to investigate a backlog of 15 separate complaints and four self-reported incidents. As a result, the inspectors reported that at least 11 of the 15 complaints were considered substantiated and all four of the self-reported incidents were deemed substantiated. This is here first from IPR News. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Federal law bars many immigrants on visas and green cards from getting Medicaid for their first five years in the country. States can choose to opt people out of this waiting period when they're pregnant, but many Midwestern states haven't done this. IPR's Natalie Krebs reports this leaves many immigrants with few, if any, options for affordable prenatal care. Earlier this year, two pregnant women who recently arrived from Myanmar showed up at Abigail Sui's house in Des Moines. They needed help finding prenatal care. Sui works for Embark, an Iowa-based nonprofit that supports immigrants. She figured she could help these women navigate the health care system. Because I have been working with Embark for eight years, I thought, oh, maybe I can advocate, you know, because people might listen. I thought my voice are will be heard by people, but not in, in reality, it's not at all. Even though the women had visas and were low income, they weren't eligible for Medicaid solely due to their immigration status. And without Medicaid, the women had few options. They couldn't get immediate health coverage from their husbands' employers. And the Affordable Care Act marketplace plans, even with subsidies, were still too expensive. Swee says while trying to figure out the system, one woman didn't receive any prenatal care during her first and second trimesters. When she finally went in, she faced a steep medical bill. So she's already eight months, right? But then she still has to pay for her first, I think, around 1000 And then she's just paid. To understand this very confusing situation, let's go back to 1996. That's when Congress passed the so-called Welfare Reform Act. It included a provision that barred many visa and green card holding immigrants from getting public assistance for their first five years in the country, or until they got citizenship. Really, the only rationale that I've seen for it was uh, to try to generate some savings. That's Kelly Whitener, a professor of public policy at Georgetown University. She says the feds tweaked that policy just over a decade ago to allow states to exempt immigrants from this waiting period to get Medicaid during pregnancy. 24 states have adopted this exception. Others cover this group under state programs. But some don't offer affected immigrants any kind of relief from this ban. Whitener says this has just made the system even more confusing and inequitable for pregnant immigrants. The obvious is that they're missing out on health care, which means missing out on visits, also means exposing families to really high medical bills and you know financial insecurity. Among the states where pregnant immigrants still have to adhere to this waiting period are Missouri, Indiana, and Iowa, where doctors like Elka Walter try to provide them with the best prenatal care possible. She volunteers at the Free Medical Clinic in Iowa City. So we do have a small fetal monitor. So if we have some high-risk patients who do need extra monitoring, 
we have the ability to monitor their strip for, say, 20 minutes, 40 minutes. Walter says they've come up with a way to operate within the state's current Medicaid system, and it's a complicated patchwork. The free clinic will see patients until they're about 20 weeks pregnant. Then they'll help them apply for Medicaid, which automatically gives them 60 days of, quote, presumptive coverage before their applications are ultimately denied. Walter says they can use this window to get care at larger, more well-equipped clinics. And then try and get as much of their important prenatal care done, lab tests, blood blood type and screen, their growth and anatomy, ultrasound if they need any consults with any specialists. Then they come back to the free clinic for the rest of their pregnancy care. This approach worked for Ruth Mungabu. She immigrated from the Democratic Republic of the Congo on a diversity visa and gave birth to two of her children in Iowa. Les soins médicaux, c'est très bien. The medical care, it's very good, she says in her native French. However, both of Mangabu's pregnancies were uncomplicated. Walter, the doctor at the free clinic, says it's even more challenging for patients with high-risk pregnancies that need additional care, like expensive tests or ultrasounds, on equipment the clinic doesn't have. She says they monitor and care for these patients the best they can with the resources they have. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News. Natalie, is IPR's connection to side effects public media a regional reporting collaboration focused on public health. This is Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters.